Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 614 and a half. Tommy Tucker, WWL. In case you have not noticed, the weather has changed, in my opinion, definitely for the better. It's going to be a nice weekend, partly cloudy today with highs in the mid-50s. And then tomorrow, same thing, plenty of sunshine as we roll Mardi Gras out. This weekend used to be a kind of soft launch for Mardi Gras, but it seems to be getting more and more active. And then on Sunday, the jewel in the crown of the weekend, sunny and nice, highs of 66. So I bet it's better than it is in New Hampshire, where we find our friend uh, friend Andy Smith, director of the University of New Hampshire Survey Center. Good morning, Andy, or Andrew, how are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. And I think you do have a little bit better forecast than we do. We're looking at about 15 right now, going down to minus 15 to minus 20 tonight. That's a little chilly. Yeah, and the wind chills along with that are going up to like minus 50 or so. Wow. So good time to stay indoors. Yeah. Um, I'd like it compared to what we had the last couple of days, though, which is just humid and nasty and warm and sweaty concrete and all that stuff. But that'd be a great band for uh, name for a rock band now that I think about it. Sweaty concrete. <laughs> Don't you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. What's the big center at the University of New Hampshire? Um, the, the what? Uh, say that again, Big please? center, big arena. Do you guys have one? Oh, well, not really. We've got the uh, the Southern New Hampshire University Arena, which is about 12,000 or so, 13,000, big okay. as we get. Are you guys affiliated with Southern New Hampshire University? No, it's a complaint okay. that used to be. <laughs> I think so. Marketing, marketing, marketing. Yes, yeah, because they, the, uh, they need that parking lot with the big center for the buses, but I, I don't need to get into all of that. Let's talk about the poll that you did, Andy. What did it show? Well, we did some polling on the uh, presidential primaries for both the Republican and the Democratic side, and they're both are pretty interesting. But on the Republican side, uh, I think it's most interesting since that's likely to be more competitive, uh, that Ron DeSantis now holds um, a 42 to 30 lead over Donald Trump with Nikki Haley coming up in third at 8 percent. So uh, DeSantis at 42, Trump at 30, Haley at 8. Uh, and it's the, the thing about that that's interesting is I'm always a big fan of looking at the trend lines. Um, and we've been doing polling on the primary since July 2021. And then Trump was at 47 percent. Uh, DeSantis was at 19. And it's been a fairly steady glide path for Trump from 47, 43, 37 to 30 over the last, uh, say, um, year and a half. 
whereas DeSantis has gone from 19% up to 42%. So those are the two candidates that are really in the mix. The other candidates are still uh, significantly behind, but that's largely due to name recognition. Who else did you have in the survey, Andy? Oh, what do we have here? DeSantis, Sununu, Trump, Ted Cruz, Pompeo, Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, Liz Cheney, Christy Noem, Mike Pence, Larry Hogan, Marco Rubio, Glenn Youngkin, Chris Christie, Tom Cotton. We had quite a few. All of whom had classified documents, right? You know they do. Come on, they all do. Oh, absolutely. I think that that's a dirty little secret in Washington. People take their work home and they forget that they had yep. it. Yep. Um, and I don't know that it's necessarily malicious. You, you need It could be careless, but you do need to watch these things. When it comes to um, DeSantis and Trump, and I don't mean this to sound like a dumb question, but is DeSantis rising, and I, and I know he, he is, and or is Trump falling, if you understand what I'm saying, is is DeSantis gaining at Trump because Trump is messing up or the other way around? I, I, definitely Trump is falling and DeSantis is rising. But to, to correlate them, I, I have to go back to the patterns that we've seen historically, and that is the candidate who lost in the last election typically starts off at the top of the heap because they're best known and they just had a lot of support in the previous election. But as time goes by, support for that candidate drops. And voters start looking around for a new candidate, somebody who's maybe new on the scene, doesn't have as much uh, baggage uh, or yet doesn't have as much baggage yet. And uh, who is bringing some new energy and new ideas and just frankly, somebody else to look at. Uh, and that's the pattern that I think we're seeing going on now. Voters are definitely not in any position to choose who they're actually going to end up voting for in the New Hampshire primary, but uh, I think that you're seeing that Trump is is fading. And one of the pieces of evidence also that we ask on that is we ask people that should Trump run in 2024. Um, back when we asked this in July of 21, uh, 62% of likely Republican primary voters said he should, he should run. That's down to 46% now, and 50% say that he should not run. So that kind of Trump fatigue or uh, the, the the last candidate fatigue is definitely setting in. See, we'll take a break when we come back. It seems to me like Trump is Lazarus right now in the tomb, and I'm not trying to be sacrilegious here at all. And the question is, does he stay in the tomb, or does somebody come along to bring him out, or does the situation come along to bring him out? Because it seems as though he's been, uh, for the most part, under the radar, I would say. I don't follow him on whatever it is, Parlowitz's platform. Uh, truth is truth. I don't. I don't follow him, so I'm not really heard anything. I'm not seeing a lot of him in the mainstream media. Where so he seems to be keeping a low profile. So I wonder what is going to lead him to come out of that tomb if he is, you know, in a political tomb, metaphorically speaking. Six twenty more when we return. If you have any questions or comments, five zero four two six zero one eight seventy. The Oakland Heart Jeweler Talk and Text Line wide open, waiting for you. Right now, it's time for traffic on WWL. It is 625. We're talking to Andy Smith, our friend, director of the University of New Hampshire Survey Center. So before we went to the break, I gave you the metaphor of Trump being in the tomb like Lazarus. And, and is somebody going to come and um, uh, raise him before the election? Is something going to happen to raise him before the election? Because in terms of Trump fatigue, it seems as though he's doing the right thing, kind of like keeping a low profile, because he a little bit of him does go a far way, and maybe he knows that. What are your thoughts on that, Andy? Well, he certainly doesn't have to build name recognition. He certainly doesn't have to build kind of the campaign organizations that he had in the past. So that's already kind of, uh, you just have to kind of flip the switch for that. 
Um, but I think that the political dynamics are going to be interesting. With the Republicans holding the House and some of the investigations that they're starting, there could be something that comes up there um, that, that will boost him a, a little bit. And also you've got the, the problems now with uh, Biden having um, – Biden having uh, secret documents and maybe uh, the, the, the Hunter Biden laptop coming up again. Those sorts of things are there that are going to, mo- I think, motivate a lot of uh, Trump supporters to say, see, see, he was right. Uh, the, the fix was in during the 2020 election. And I think that's maybe his best chance. But you got to remember that the the, the, the other best, I mean, one, one other best chance that he's got is that in a primary election like in new hampshire uh he doesn't have to win the election he doesn't have to get 50 percent or more he just has to get more than anybody else to get the credit for winning it and i think that's going to be the the advantage that he's got now that there are a lot of other republicans still in the race which means that if he gets 30 percent 35 percent like in new hampshire like he did back in 2020 and 2016 you know he becomes the probably the nominee again so he's still got a chance, uh, but I think that it's a matter of uh, which way that uh, uh, things are going to drop. Is it going to go towards more uh, uh, allegations and problems coming out with him? He's got several investigations going on against him now. Or the, is uh, opponents, political opponents, going to be uh, seeing the same sort of treatment? Whether right or wrong, whether fiduciary or not, secure, uh, Social Security and Medicare are sacred cows, and I can't believe that the Republicans would even consider cutting that but making any cuts to it. I don't think the Democrats would. Um, is that going to be part of these debt limit talks or not? Ooh, usually Social Security is always off the books. That's a, it, it's a uh, it's a separate sort of an item. It's a it's the uh, uh, the kind of things that they they have to leave untouched because they're already they're they're not really part of the budget per se. Social Security isn't. It's considered a separate insurance program. Mm-hmm. You know, it is part of the budget eventually, but it's considered that way legally. So I don't think that's going to be part of it. There may be some other entitlement reforms that are talked about, but I think we're uh, looking for more of the kind of kabuki theater we've had before, where they're going to go round and round, and then eventually somebody will cry uncle give, and then you know everybody who's got their vacations from the federal government will get their back pay. It's hard to um, it's hard to not be cynical because, again, to be clear, no federal employee has ever been furloughed because of a uh, government shutdown and it's not guaranteed but it's never happened where they've not been reimbursed right so we end up giving federal employees in in essence vacation time and cutting services because of political kabuki theater yeah i've got a brother-in-law that always looks forward to these things he's been a long time (laughs) government employee like vacation gets online and stirs it up huh Get those Republicans and the Democrats fighting. Why are you doing that? Well, because I work for the government. And it's an extra week of vacation. You can't go wrong. Thank you, Andy. You know, how, how how do you personally not get so cynical about this? Like you talk about kabuki theater because you know damn well the, the, the way it works is not like you learned in civics. How, how do you do it? How do you not get so cynical? Uh, well, if you've seen it long enough, you become kind of inured to it, I think. Yeah. Uh, it's just like watching the circus parade. Yeah, and then you get people, it's like wrestling, that are so f- fired up on either side, they're yelling at each other when they don't realize both sides are um, not really competing. They're cooperating, and, and they know the end beforehand. Thank you, sir. 
Good to talk to you, Tommy. Nice talking to you, Andy. It's sad, but that's the truth. It really is. We'll take a break. We come back. We're going to talk about a fair tax. What is it? Is it good or bad for you? Is it, does it have a fair shot at passing? Stay with us. A lot coming up. It is 6.30. Time for WWL First News. For that, we go to Ian Ozan. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.